and welcome back. It is Six Pack Lapidat. This time, we got a special episode, okay? The ever-popular Sweden sensation, Isabella von Weisenberg. And for this one, we brought in uh, all of our co-hosts, our main co-hosts, Randy, Randall, Cook, Paul Mamerzan, and um, mm. it's going to be a little snug in here. It's, yeah. yeah. Thank it's, God it's not 40 degrees out right now. Yeah, let's try not to talk all over each other, gentlemen. So, for those who listen, um, we had Isabella, me and Brandy interviewed uh, Isabella, and it was like, I think we did eight people in a row, and then released them week by week, like right off the bat when we very first started doing it. She was one of the originals. That was well over a year ago. Yeah, that was well over a year ago. That's a long time ago. Things have changed since then. Um, It's been, uh, yeah, I think that was before even Belarus World Championships, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, a little bit has changed since then, huh, Isabella? How have things been going for yourself? Uh, good, I would say. Uh, and also not good. Uh, oh. both, both ups and downs. But <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> Currently right? they are very good. Yeah. So let's talk. Um, there was a, we'll, we'll rewind it back because um, everybody was previously talking about uh, the 63 kilo move. And that's come and gone and we're past that. So we'll catch everybody up. But... Um, in terms of, because uh, I was there, and I remember at the uh, Calgary World Championships, and I remember um, after you had posted a video, or a picture actually, um, after you had missed the weight, and it was, I think you laughed, and one of your abs popped off, and it yeah. looked weird, you got extremely lean, um, yeah. you were stage ready, you would have took first place if it was a competition, if you just hit the stage for a <laughs> uh, you know, figure or whatever. But, um, so, do you mind talking about that weight cut, like that tuck? Because some of those weight cut stories are crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, the weight cut in itself uh, wasn't much of a, it wasn't very dramatic. I was doing pretty well the entire diet, I would say. However, I only managed to get down to 67 kilos. Okay. 66.8 kilos was my lowest body weight on that diet. So the problem was the actual water cut that was a little bit too aggressive. And obviously, um, I didn't make it as well, but so I do make a difference between the diet and the water cut. Because you're, and you were strong, like following yeah. you. Um, she was hitting PRs. She was yeah. hitting PRs. It was crazy. Which I you were, no idea how you ever do that. Yeah. She was so, so <laughs> lean. Um, like, yeah. like you were extremely lean. You were already lean as a, as a 72 kilo lifter. So you had abs at 72 kilo. So when you were getting down in weight and you were smashing PRs, everybody's like, oh my God, <laughs> Isabella isn't even human. And no. um, uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. The water cut was just the toughest, but you actually came really close, didn't you? Yeah, 500 grams. Which is super Which is... duper close. Now, when you got down, did you just run out of time in terms of... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. It, um, was that the first time having to do a water cut? Well, I've done minor water cuts, like two kilos at most before. Okay. So nothing like that. I've never done the hot baths before, never been in a sauna before. And that's a whole other experience, isn't it? Yes, I, I don't want to repeat that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't want to take a shower for like five days afterwards because I got water on my body. It's so horrible. Like, I'm still retaining water. I need more yeah. water. Um, water. 
It's like it, torture. It is such a tricky thing. Like like Paul just did a like he, so Paul cuts quite a bit of water and um, how much? What's the biggest water cut you did? I've done fifteen pounds, which which is, is seven and a bit kilos. Yeah, and um, it it can kill your day. It can absolutely it's, ruin your day. It is miserable. I've never yeah. I never want to do that much again. And the thing that they don't tell you oh, isn't that right, Randy? Yeah. The know. thing that they don't tell you when you do these water cuts. Like when you're in the water for like a, a, a one of those hot baths, your heart rate naturally raises like crazy. And that's you sweating out. Oh yeah. But when you're in there covered with just your face above and your heart rate is racing and you're that dehydrated, you can get anxiety hitting. You can get like, it's, it's not, no. it's not just uncomfortable. It can actually become a little, you can get a little anxiety. You get lightheaded in that state with your, with your heart racing like that. And you're so flushed and dehydrated. People pass out. It gets scary at times. And um, when the cortisol levels go up, because, for instance, people are like, okay, we got like five minutes left. And you have however much to still lose. When cortisol goes up, you start retaining water. And it becomes like, it's probably one of the hardest parts of our sport is water cutting if, if you're going to do it. Yeah. I mean, it can absolutely kibosh up an amazing thing. I'm happy to say that I've never had to do the bath. Like, I'm actually happy I haven't experienced that. But, yeah, doing five hours straight of sauna and stuff like that, it's... Uh, it's brutal. It's... Um, yeah, I don't want to ever repeat. I'll try, yeah. I'll try and die down from this point on. Yeah. <laughs> again, again, right, Randy? Yeah. There is, there is like a happy median of getting close, but then there's a... Yeah, it's tough. The hardest part with international is um, they don't let you go up a weight class. That's it. Yep. You don't make it, you don't make it. And that's tough, as, especially if you're as close. But here's one thing I've noticed. You actually sat in the audience and watched regardless, right? Sorry, can you say it again? You, you actually um, showed up, sat in the audience, and watched the competition regardless, though, right? Uh, yeah, I, I really did want to go back to the venue after that whole situation, but I kind of forced myself, um, which I think was good. Yeah, you know what? I was So I was commentating... And I remember looking up, like, for people who don't realize, like, the type of pressure on somebody in their 20s, you, you're representing your nation, and you're cutting to make it, and then if you just miss, and you will do everything but kill yourself to try to hit, and then, um, and you just miss, and then to actually go out there in public, sit down and watch it, man, it takes a lot. Like, I was shocked. I remember looking up there and being like, hats off to her, man. Cause that's I not, would have a hard I, time doing that. I probably would just hold up. It'd be easy just to chill in that hotel room and be like... I would be belligerently drunk yelling at, like, wall wall no. myself in the mirror oh, or something. I'd like drunk, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, would just, I would be the guy just yelling and throwing beer at my window. Like, it's... No, I've had, like... I've just had tough days and been able because you can't you're not afforded the opportunity to go out there and lift and redeem yourself now if you had lifted that's what you, i was gonna say if you had a made weight how what do you how do you think that day would have went how yeah like yeah. after you rehydrated around two hours later did you still feel like holy smokes i am rough no i felt so the thing is i had my pd lights i had my cargo and juice all the carbs and stuff and like a few minutes after uh, consuming that, I feel great. The only thing that happened was that cramp. So that's that's what's making me think that I might have been under. I probably would have underperformed if I had cramps like that. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of like how I felt physically, I felt really good. Just like a few minutes afterwards, when I started drinking again. It is. It is. Um. 
It's interesting how quickly, like they've done some studies, how quickly someone can bounce back from dehydration and rehydration with electrolytes, like mm. light, like you said, or bounce back from calories. Whereas if it's no calories, you can consume a thousand calories real quick, but you're not gonna feel the same if you didn't if you haven't eaten in like two days or whatever. No, Whereas if you're uh, dehydrated, you could very quickly rehydrate and be uh, like a whole lot more ahead. Uh, Paul did the same thing. Paul, so Paul two two competitions ago um, decided he's gonna do like a fifteen pound water seven kilo water cut. Um, his day was not what he wanted. I too was dealing with cramps. We'll say that. Yeah, it was not. Uh, and then um, so then he does the opposite and says I'm not gonna eat for two days, and then I'm gonna have a eat you know try to right before the day of, and then the exact same like you can't. Actually, you did better when it was dehydration. Yeah, it was easier to come back from dehydration than it was from a lack of food. Lack of food was, I was done for the entire day. Because you can't, you can't catch up. Your body no. will, you can consume as much food as you want in one sitting. Your body will only digest so much. You can't make up for 24 hours of not eating. You can actually rehydrate 24 hours of not drinking, which is funny. No. So once you understand that with your body, you, there's like a healthy balance that you can make it with. Yep. But um, yeah, so... Since then, um, you've decided, so that one cramp, by the way, that one picture, when you posted it, saying people trying to make you feel better, made you laugh, and then, like, was that like an ad that just popped off your body? It looked yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it just popped right out. I had no idea what it was, so I obviously panicked and thought I got a hernia or something. Yeah. But uh, Mike uh, and Jim and Ross and um, Carolina, they were all there, and they're like, no, we've seen this before, it's fine, it's fine, just lay down, stretch it out. Uh, I lay down, it popped back in, and then I stood up, and someone said another joke, goddammit, and I laughed again, and it's like, right yes. again. <laughs> like, You're like, everybody settle down, stop being Louis C.K. for a second. Yeah. Um, Cause you posted that picture, and I was like, holy smokes, you, it looked like your ab literally just left your body and jumbled out. That's super duper dehydrated. And um, speaking of, you were saying like, yeah, you felt okay, but judging by that ab popping off, I mean, imagine you had 425 pounds on your back and you're going to squat it. And the, the, yeah. so maybe it's for the best because like if a, if you could have took a major tear. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's it. impossible to know, but I guess, well, yeah, it is what it is. What yeah. happened, happened. We can just try to figure out a new game plan and move forward. So what, what is the new game plan? So you move back up to 72 kilo? Um, well, so I'm actually on my second week right now of a diet. Okay. <laughs> um, I have a, a different coach. I'm working with Alberto Nunez from uh, 3DMG. Okay. And um, the plan isn't exactly 63, but so I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to be at the Grand Prix at the Arnold's in March. Yeah. And that's a Wilkes meet, so that's yeah. my plan right now and whether or not I'm doing the 63 again that's like I have no conclusive answer to that right now but yeah. I'm definitely cutting right now as we speak and you know what it's not even a, it's not a bad idea at all just to be like look it if I come in 65 and it feels good cool if I come in 65 and I don't like it you could you can yeah. make decisions that's a good part about like a Grand Prix straight up Wilkes related so you don't have a specific weight class you want to hit um, yeah What's some of the things that you want to adjust when it when it comes to this, or for just for like people who are listening who are doing this? Because it is such a, I mean, I've cut and had cuts that oh my gosh, I had cuts where 
I showed up and I could just hit openers, uh, wave goodbye to everybody, and, and that was it. And have other cuts that really went well. Um, what, what, do you, what are you thinking yourself that you're going to adjust in terms of this cut that, uh, to be the difference? Um, well, psycholo the psychological aspects of it. Um, I'm, I'm not doing meal plans, for example, this time. I uh, have way more flexible approach, just following my macros. Mm. Um, again, uh, I have a huge respect for Alberto. He's incredibly competent and uh, very easy to talk to, to just have that conversation going, um, to have a, a good dialogue mm. with my coach. Um, and a bit more experience this time. I know what to expect. I know what to what happened last time. Um, I know how much you kind of have to like brace yourself to push through some of the more difficult periods. Um, so I think that's going to help a lot, just having done it before. Yeah. Um, and again, like I'm still kind of living off the memory of my last diet, where that was the best training period of my life. I don't know how that happened, but yeah. I was kind of yeah, in a, like in a zone for six months straight, and I was just like, it was crazy. <laughs> you're, you're not I don't crazy know. I've just never had that type of focus before, and. Uh, to be completely honest, it had me a little bit addicted. Like I want to feel that again. It was it was incredible. <laughs> it, it, I, I understand it totally because even though like the 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 cut was rough, um, mm -hmm. if it was a situation of you just ran out of time, let's say because you hadn't done it before, so you're telling yourself, okay, I bought myself that knowledge. Now I know yeah. if I start water cutting two hours earlier. I bought myself that time. I know how much time I need. If you would have hit it, because um, your numbers, it begs the question because you, everyone was waiting for you to get weaker as you got closer and thinking yeah. like, oh, it, it's got to happen. And when your your training cycle was so high numbers, like it, everybody was well, getting we had, excited. We had multiple conversations about it and it was basically, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. It was, it was every, every time you posted, it wasn't like... You know, you, ha you have a very aggressive training style anyways, but when you come out there, it was like aggressive and then PR and walk off the stage. Yeah, and it was like, crazy. Anyone watching was like, what the fuck is that? It like, was how? How is that possible? <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's no way to tell that you were dieting down or in a calorie deficit. Except or... that she was stage ready. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, like afterwards, I remember thinking, okay, so Miss 63, but at the same time, gained so much knowledge, it's almost like... You you really would be like, I wonder, I want to know what would happen. You hit 63 with those training numbers. If you could rehydrate for two hours, not like five minutes, but two hours of rehydration. You know, if the numbers came down a little bit for squat because you're dehydrated. But by the time the day flows, like, it begs that question. My God, what what would happen? Because yeah. you were, I think it was you like know. mid mid low to mid fours on squat. I think it was around 500 on dead was your PR for that during that training cycle. Yeah. My the PR was uh, five hundred and one yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not great with pounds, but two twenty-seven point five. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was. I believe I remember you hitting either two hundred kilos or two hundred five kilos for squats. Two hundred seven point five. Okay, Jeez. which is some phenomenal. Which numbers. is yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it if this dials in once again, it'll be one of those just a massive showing. Um, 
you know, I think the Arnold Classic, all eyes are going to be on that Arnold Classic again, eh? Because it yeah. is like, it is like going up to 72, it, it, it's, it's almost like if they had an in-between weight class, which I think they were talking about certain changing up some weight classes, but I think that was actually difference between um, 84 kilo and up. I think they were going to put another weight class. Yeah, I, I think the big one everyone wanted to see was, it, it was really the battle of some of the just goats of the ladies were in there. Like it was everybody yeah. who's anybody was in the 60s. So what did you think about that? So a couple of things have happened since then as well. Um, first off, watching that 63 kilo worlds, um, I love the, the Jen Thompson story where she's in her early 40s. Um, she took in Belarus, uh, leading up to that, she had to miss it because she took a massive injury. And mm -hmm. the doctor told her, look it, if you rehab enough that you can squat and walk and run and be functional at your age, phenomenal. But for you to actually rehab enough at your age and then become the best in the world at what you do, the, the likelihood is very little. And Jen Thompson's mm. like, I'm Jen Thompson. <laughs> How dare you, sir? So for her to come back at those worlds, it's, it's an inspirational story given her age. Um, it's like, my God, it's like, I love those type of stories. Like, oh, you could go on forever. And, and how deep that competition was with like Sam Calhoun and Maria T. Mm. Um, what was your takeaway on that Worlds? And then the U.S. Nationals, the rematch between Sam and Jim. Uh, now it looks like Sam's the one to beat at 63, but um, both of them super competitive, like divisions. But what was your takeaway? First, we'll do the Worlds. What was your takeaway on the Worlds? Like, what'd you think when you were watching it? Well, obviously incredibly impressed and inspired, as always, by those ladies. Um, fantastic performance. Um, I mean, <clears throat> so if I watch powerlifting as a spectator, it's one thing. But when I watch powerlifting in, as an athlete, looking at my own weight class, for example, I don't... I don't focus too much on what's actually going on between um, some, I know this sounds cliche and everybody's going to be like, yeah, yeah, right, whatever. But I don't really care what the others do when it comes to my own situation as an athlete. Um, and I'm not saying that like, um, like I'm separating myself from the other competitors, but it's, it's inspiring and that's where it stops. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is well, it... so, some people look at it as when you watch other people and they might be the best bencher, the best squatter, the best deadlifter, you're setting a barrier because you know they're one of the best, right? In her training, if she keeps going, she's not really setting boundaries or knowing there's a goal there. It's just to be the best. Like some people get daunted by, by watching people who, you know, the best deadlifter at this weight class does this much weight, right? You mean so, you mean fixating too much on their numbers? Fixating too much. Is that is that what you mean? Where you try not to fixate on the numbers they're moving? You just try to fixate on on the best you can provide and see where the it all falls out. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it's not doesn't throw me off to watch others lift. I don't feel like I have to like unfollow people on Instagram because I get nervous watching them or something like that. Again, it's just, it's always always inspiring. If I see someone close to my body weight. Uh, perform well I I like it because it raises the standard for what is possible and that puts me in a higher quality sport mm. if that makes sense I like that so it's, it's inspiring and I appreciate it and it keeps me striving for bigger and more 
uh, impressive things because being part of that um, community community and context is cool. <laughs> and yeah. That's part of why I love powerlifting. Like we we are raising standards, and I like that. Um, so it doesn't throw me off. Quite the opposite, actually. But it's just not. Like I'm obsessed with my own performance, and that obsession keeps me keeps me from not caring so much about what other others are doing because I'm just so yeah. <laughs> so focused on myself. It's probably good it's, because, yeah, because you can do like I know I've been guilty of it in the past. Sometimes if you watch other people's training or performances, you start trying to duplicate that in the gym or rising up your gym numbers as opposed to just focusing on yourself, and you start pulling yourself off track. Um, and people, when they post, are only posting highlights. They're never posting, very rarely are posting the shitty days that they had rough days or, or mediocre number days, right? So that can kind of pull you off for sure. Especially too, um, I mean, Sam is not the same lifter as you and Jen is not the same lifter as you. You guys are actually squat, bench, and deadlift. Although your deadlift isn't far off from Sam. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, I'd say we are all pretty decent deadlifters. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't throw me off. I love watching them lift. I love being inspired by other lifters. It's not, it's not a problem for me to see other people perform well. Mm. It's just, it's not a choice I make to not watch it. It's, it's just like a habitual response to be more focused on myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. I wonder if well, detachment wouldn't. That's not. A, I think that's a good idea. You gotta be detached. Don't get emotionally attached like that. Eh? Well, For pressure. Well, yeah, you gotta sit in your own pocket and you gotta do your own thing. Like it's, as I said, it's tough to. You never want to get attached to what somebody else is doing and start chasing them or start moving off your lane. When like, you, sorry, like right now, I believe you're in the states right now, training with Kristen Dunsmore. Are you not? Sorry. So, are you in the states right now, training with Kristen Dunsmore? Because there's been a lot of. Yeah, 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 we are we are we are at convoy strength training. Yeah, so both of us. Yeah. Realistically, you're training against somebody that you may compete against at Worlds right now. Oh, that's true. Maybe if you go seventy-two. Yeah. If you go seventy-two, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I notes on her. Yeah. So, we made a funny video about that when she's attacking me, <laughs> jumping up on my back from behind. So when we're talking about <laughs> not getting caught up in watching other people's training, it's pretty interesting when you're training. Yeah, that is interesting. Maybe you guys are breaking up right now, so I can't hear you. Oh, okay. Uh, we can we can hear you, but uh, there you go. Can you repeat that? Just saying that it's interesting when we're yeah. talking about not getting caught up in other people's training, whether it's their videos on Instagram, and you're training with somebody yeah, who theoretically you're going to be competing against for a medal. How, how is that when you're training with a Kristen Dunsmore? Um, does it feel a little weird if she's a potential, I don't want to say opponent, competitor down the road? Is it easy to put it aside? Or is it kind of weird when you're training side by side? Does it ever dawn on you, hey, we might be seeing each other at Worlds with two different nations on our singlets going head to head? I mean, I, I can't speak for her. She's she's an incredibly nice person. And for me, it doesn't feel weird at all. Um, I, I really, really enjoy um, both in my like private time and on the platform being in the vicinity of other strong athletes. It's, I think I can't express it differently, but it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've said that before, but it, it is truly inspiring. And so say, for example, that I'm on the platform at Worlds 
and I don't come in first because somebody else did an amazing performance, it doesn't say anything about my performance or it doesn't say that my performance was, wasn't amazing. It just means that the standard for what is amazing is higher than it was last year. Mm. That's a good way of looking at it, too. Well, it's true, though, um, especially at the world level. You know, uh, if, you, if you come in like a silver medal to world championships, there's nothing, no, nobody can uh, talk smack no. or something like that. Well, what you're saying, though, it's one of the sayings, to be the best, you train with the best. Yeah. Right? Like, if you train with the best, you learn. You, there's little things you can learn and tweak from, from some of the best lifters in the world. Like, And also, training with some of the Kristen Dunsmore, um, who's world class and will be at the world championships, representing the U.S., which routinely yeah. wins the worlds on points. When you're training with someone like that, how easy is it to keep the weight on the bar? Like, if you're just training at home, or you're just training with people who are far lower than you in terms of as an athlete, um, when you show up and she's there and you're training together, you're probably more likely to keep the weight on the bar, no? Like, it's probably more, are you going to work in with each other, or no, do you not care, and you're like, I don't even care? Um, so, I don't... <laughs> I don't I don't focus on what they are on what she's like what she is doing in terms of her performance when I'm training that would so if I'm in my song in my training sessions going for whatever lift I'm going for nothing is gonna take that focus away from just performing the perfect lift like no one else is in my head the thought of having a different another person's face in my head while I'm doing my lift is pretty absurd to me like really so if, you would, if she was, I don't know if that makes sense I, it's like it's probably the, the bar in front of me I'm not thinking about somebody else and what they're doing yeah I would <laughs> say though I'm gonna be on my shoulders in two there seconds what, what I would say though is um in terms of like weight on the bar uh, not so much when you're actually walking up to the bar. Are you thinking about the person? More so, if they got this kind of weight on the bar, you're probably going to keep that kind of weight on the bar as well and not lower it. I can see where, like, some people might do that. Might be like the competitive streak while training together because some people are, like uber competitive, so they don't want to go below the same weight. But you just be like, man, I don't care what weight you have on the bar. I have a game plan. I'm not veering off of it. Yeah. Um... I think uh, it's. I guess it's a. It's just. It's a. It's a style of competitiveness. I guess I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> it's um. There's no okay. So uh, there's nothing wrong or bad with either way. Like some people are more competitive than others, and some people have more fun with the actual part of winning over somebody else and that's that's everybody has their own approach to sports uh for my own sake i'm i feel like over the past two years i've had more fun competing and being competitive because i realized that there are ways of being that being that competitive without losing focus on your own journey um but from the start, I've never really had my eyes on winning over somebody else. It's always been like, how much can I push my own limits? And I will keep doing that regardless if somebody else is in the room or not, or looking at me or not. Mm, that's probably the best way to do it. That is 
to buy from yes. the best, like, buy from <laughs> I, the best I don't know if it's the best way. It's just my way. Um, yeah. I mean, I can see where... Uh, well, you, you're seeing a lot more uh, people, especially, I mean, her caliber, but there's a lot of the people we've done on this show lately that talk about the no deviations. Yeah. They're straight to the thing. Luke Richardson's one of them. For a, for a very young kid, that guy's, his path is so straight. Like, yeah. you don't see him deviate from his plans, nothing, and it's showing, like, his... Well, I think that's maturity, where um, you could easily, if you're in, if you're training, and someone else is in the room that's the same weight class, or let's just say someone else is in a room that you highly respect, and you want them to pay, you want to impress them. It's natural to want to impress people that you look up to. Let's say Chad Wesley Smith is there that day, uh, you don't see him very often, you're like... I, kind of, I wouldn't mind if he came over and was like, oh, shit, that was a big triple. Wow, you're strong. People like that, right? People like those kind of – so it's easy to be like, I'm going to load on a little more weight to get his attention or whatever. It's just a natural kind of, oh, I'll go five kilo more on that plant just because so-and-so's <laughs> in the room. But I think it shows maturity as well as confidence to be like, it really doesn't matter who's in the room. I got a game plan, and I'm going to stick to it. You know, like it's uh, – you're secure within yourself when you don't really care who's watching. But um, – yeah, it, that's, it kind of depends on the person. Are you, did you accept the invitation to hybrid? Uh, I did. I'm, I'm kind of looking into my finances for that though, but I'm, I, if I can do that, it would be incredible. Um, so much fun. What's this? Uh, so Steffi and Steffi's gym there or whatever they get, what is that? That's a dead, just deadlift competition or is it an all out competition? No, it's just deadlifts. Yeah. Showdown. It's, oh, yeah, I didn't she, hear about, tell me about this. Then. Well, there's a, I noticed a couple lifters that are in there, but I thought I had seen her uh, accepted. And then I think uh, Jessica Bittner, I think she's accepted it too. So hybrid, tell me though. So hybrid is holding a deadlift only comp, I'm assuming. What? It's, it's, unoffi- it's unofficial off the, off the thing. It's just yeah. a bunch of people showing up in Poland. In Poland? Yeah, Poland. it's not sanctioned. Oh, uh, so they made it non-sanctioned so that IPF lifters can join in. That's good. That's good. Um, and it's uh, deadlift only on Wilkes. And what, when is that? Do you... in my, uh, Miami in, on 16th of December. Wow, that's wow. coming up. Uh, do you know who else? Do you guys know between two of you who else is, might be in on this? The is only it? ones I had seen was her and I, because it was who posted on theirs, but it was Isabella and I seen uh, Jessica had, I'm pretty sure she did too, but I, they had Jessica posted on as well. Yeah, I haven't seen who else had put a, put a. Hmm. I, I, I'm not sure if Danielle Amello is, uh, has accepted the invite, but I think she's. She, she, she probably will because she trains there anyways, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. She does, yeah. Well, is there men as well or is it just women? Do you know? Uh, yeah, so fi- I think it's 15 men and 15 women. I think it's a good idea, even if unsanctioned. Um, Steffi Cohen's got 400,000 followers and counting like all the time. Uh, and that's just her, let alone the gym and everything. So if she was to hold a meet and just stream it herself, you've got like half a million people watching this deadlift only. And um, yeah. it'll be big numbers because you'll use a deadlift bar. Yeah. I wonder what the rules are. If you use deadlift bar, bumper plates... There's going to be some big pulls being, being done. <laughs> I've never done anything like it before. Um, oh, well, I did. Cool. So there was a, my sponsor hosted a, a showdown like this in a um, supermarket. Oh, really? <laughs> it was, uh, wow. I wasn't part of the competition because it was men only. Uh, but I was there as like a, um expo lifts, just me uh, pulling, not competing against anyone. That was so much fun. Like, no pressure. 
um, just pulling for fun, a um, bunch of people. I, I feel like powerlifting needs more of that stuff. I, mean, I need more of that stuff in my life, at least. Well, it would be. You, uh, can, you can eat what you want, get a good night's sleep, walk yeah, in. Yeah, there's no, pre- exactly. there's no, no pressure. No pressure. Just, just, <laughs> just, just go in and pull. Like, that's yeah. that's it. Yeah, that'd be, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, especially though, um, it is fun too. And so, have you used the deadlift bar much? Because I think it increases quite a bit. I've I, I used it once. Uh, I didn't know it was a deadlift bar. All I know is that I didn't like it. Oh, you didn't? No. Wow. Uh, obviously, I probably should have used a different technique. Uh, I mean, I thought it was a stiff bar and it was almost just like I didn't get the stack out before I started pulling. Ah, uh, got you. So yeah. much width. <laughs> Yeah, if, 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 if you're not used off. to it and you're training off a stiff bar, like you, you're you're going another three inches before it even moves. Like, yeah, yeah, it throws yeah, you. Yeah, so I didn't get, like get any tension. Uh, ended up with a really round back, and that's kind of it. But um, maybe if I practice with it, I can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you've been doing a lot of seminars all over. It seems like everywhere. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, out through the states, yeah. Europe, like you're all over the place. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, we're in San Diego now, and we're going to the Dominican Republic in beginning of December, and then Australia in January. Holy moly! Lots of fun, yeah. How did um, you How did you set this up? Did you get yourself like a manager who started booking these, or how's this no, going? no, it's me and my colleague Jim Ellie from Reactive Training Systems. Uh, we've been reaching out to gyms and just checking if they want to have us over and. They almost always say yes, so <laughs> we arrange it, set up a ticket ticket site. Um, anyone can buy a ticket and just show up and listen to our presentations and have a, a workshop with us. Wow, and you get to see the world on top of that. I mean, yeah, it's it's Republic, I Australia, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, it's been incredible. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a different lifestyle right now because I'm kind of not... not um, I'm living on the road, basically. Yeah, like a rock star. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) No drugs. No rock and roll. No drugs. Like a a rock star with lunchboxes. That's right. (laughs) There was was one place you were at. It was the view. Like, the gym was, like, outside on a balcony. And it was, like, the ocean or something. That That was was phenomenal. Yeah, that's in Croatia. That's, um, like, a training vacation that you can book for a whole week. Uh, You go to Croatia... You live there, you get food three times a day, and just train in this incredible gym they built outside. Um, so I'm doing that again in September. Going to be starting selling selling the tickets for that. Your yeah. life's rough. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah it's tough, well, I know. <laughs> so is this, is this now at a point where you could do this full time? Uh, so I'm, I'm working as a coach, and that, that's my main uh, occupation. And then, and then obviously seminars... Yeah, that's yeah. that's not super profitable because the living in Airbnbs is pretty expensive. So it's more like to enable the traveling. Now, when you go to these places, how many sem- or seminars are you running per? Uh... Yeah, is it? Just... Uh, well, we try to do uh, more than one seminar in the same city in the same week. I don't think the powerlifting community is like big enough for that. So we're sticking to uh, one seminar per city from now on. Mm-hmm. And is it, so, I mean, it's kind of, it's nice seeing all these different parts of the world as well, but is it tough being on the road? Like, what's the schedule like? Are you, have you been on the road constantly? It feels like just based off of Instagram, and that doesn't mean everything, but feels like you've been <laughs> everywhere since the World Championships in a small yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Um, 
Yeah, I figured, I mean, the opportunity presented itself and I figured I don't get, you don't get chances like this very often. I might as well jump on it. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure out things as I go along right now. It's not like there's a hand manual for how to um, live like this and do business like this. So I make some mistakes and then I try to not repeat them and try to make my training work uh, with the travel schedule. And mm -hmm. yeah, that was one thing it's, I was uh, ask. it's nice. Like, how do you find that the travel affects your training, especially jumping from, like, time zone to time zone? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, so earlier this summer, I was traveling from one city to another every week, and that was difficult, for sure. Uh, I've been in San Diego for almost two weeks now, and I can all immediately feel that, okay, like, two weeks is a pretty good time to settle in. I've been hitting all my sessions, and... As long as the gyms are good and that there's a good community in the gym, I feel like it's fine. It's more difficult when you have to like take an Uber to a gym and it's 30 minutes ride and you don't have anyone there to train with and, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, a lot of small puzzle pieces need to be in the right place yeah. for a good session to happen. It is weird when you're on the road because you feel like you're on the road. You don't feel like you're at home. And it no. is like, it's the little things like you said. Got an Uber in there. Can I use chalk? Can I not use chalk? Is it what kind of gym is yeah, this? Is there anybody yeah. there to work with or whatever? Like it's those little things you take for granted when you're at home. Yeah, and that's one of those things that it makes me curious because I've done a lot of travel for business as well, and I've never felt. I mean, you get your training in when you have to. But Paul's an international male prostitute. It's yeah. I'm, I see. No, 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 but listen, high classy stuff. Wealthy businessmen only. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Sorry. Go I on. mean. Uh, you, you, you go to you go to where your clients you, you go where the money is. Yeah. Go much on. much like the seminars, you have yes. to go with who invites that's you. Right, that's just... right. Yeah. Right. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it is. It is. And honestly, the travel to Australia is like twenty four hour yeah flight, and then uh, the travel time, the food difference, and all that. Have you been to a place that was like Asia entirely different culture wise? Uh, not in this context. Only for vacation. Yeah. Because I didn't power lift back then. And also, I didn't hear any Canadian time or Canadian. Are you going to be a Canadian? <laughs> in that schedule, so yeah. Why did we get cut out? Well, maybe maybe in March when I if I come for the Arnolds. Yeah, that's super close. Yeah, that is okay. a drive. That is mm -hmm. pretty quick. Um, with these World Championships taking place in Sweden, um, are you are you a little more amped up in terms of this? Like, is is Team Sweden going to be having meetings and trying to make this special? Like, you actually held. I think the World Championships gear was just in Sweden. Am I not? Am I wrong? Yeah, 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 it is. It is, yeah. And now Sweden's going to have the classic back-to-back. -back. Um, I know Sweden takes them very seriously. Obviously, Aliko's from Sweden. And there's definitely been, um, not to out any places that... Gustav. Gustav's from there, too. Gustav Hedlund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gustav? Gustav Hedlund? Kilo Jr. Yeah, we, might, we he's, might be butchering his name. He's yeah, oh, I probably butchered the shit out of his name, but it's cool. <laughs> he's there. Because he was saying Team Sweden takes it seriously. Wasn't he saying Team Sweden actually had yeah. uh, meetings with national team coaches and, and the whole nine and doing like before the Worlds, they were going to have another competition there, almost like a tester. And they were, they're taking it very seriously for those World Championships. I've done a few World Championships commentating. And you can tell the difference between nations when a nation takes it seriously and it's all out and you're like, damn, like that was how it should be run. And if it's kind of like nations cutting corners and it's like, mm, not quite what you would have hoped for. 
Uh, and I'm not going to drop any, but I was going to say, Sweden's now, taking it now I want to know names. Yeah, well, <laughs> the people would talk online anyways. We get it. It was Abby, wasn't it? That's right. But, um, <laughs> but I think Sweden's taking it uber seriously. Um, and I think like, the, ex- the expectation we have from Gustav is going to be very well-run world championships. Are you excited that it's going to be in your home nation? Um... I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, well, I, I feel a lot of positive feelings, obviously, like having the support there, people who can uh, attend, uh, that I love to have them in the audience. But part of, I kind of like traveling for me. It's because you go away. So you make it like something different. You go into a bubble. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, like mentally, um, mentally you have to adjust, and all, that's like part of the process. Right? Well, some people don't like, you know, the familiarity of family and friends watching. Like it's it's there's nothing to look at, nothing to see. You just do your lifts. Like there's no added pressure, added stress of people there, or or representing your country. You're represented every time, but being in front of your whole country, there's that there is an added Doesn't pressure. Feel. Well, there's an added pressure there, is because you are representing them, and they're there to watch you. Yeah. Like, they're not there to watch the guy from the U.S. They're there to watch yeah. her or someone else. So there's an added pressure there that, not that it's going to, I mean, she's focused on her lifts anyways. But, how, I mean, some people, it, it, it does. How far away is um, that the city that's hosting the Worlds to your hometown city where you live? Uh, like two hours with car. Not, that's pretty close. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, uh, you probably still sleep in a hotel, though, or do you think? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Because I'm wondering if cutting and everything, it would definitely be easier. Like, I, in terms of the flight, when you're cutting water and, and flying, like, 30, 35,000 feet up or whatever, you're apparently you retain water. Well, I was about to say, you're retaining water anyways to begin with. I think in terms of a water cut and weight cut, if you go 63 kilo, I'm not trying to force your hand here, I think it's actually <laughs> supposed to be um, easier if you just do, like, a, a drive into a hotel, etc. And your home food... You got, you, you know, the usual settings. It's your, yeah. it's your own time zone. In terms of getting up for it, we'll see. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you what. So, in Canada, we didn't have an open world champion ever, men or women's, in the classic division, ever. In Canadian soil, for the first time ever, um, when Canada was hosting the world championships, we got an open world champion with Eric Willis. And I'm not trying to put pressure on you, but my God, the ceiling almost caved in when he pulled the last pull and everyone knew it was for the medal. The place erupted and there was, there you have it, Canada's golden boy and all, like the whole place was so happy for him because it's in Canada, right? So, um, I know you mean more when you land in foreign soil and you almost mentally prep like we're here to do battle, right? Like it's, I know you mean more mentally you get prepped, but on the flip yeah. side, if you win and you win in your home soil, Ooh, man, the crowd goes nuts. And you have no idea how much goosebumps I have right now. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's insane. It's insane. Um, even when I was in uh, commentating for U.S. Or, or Belarus, if one of the natives, like like even metal, podium, whatever, the place erupts, man. And even, I feel yeah. like, I feel like even... Um, if I was like I'm not from Belarus, obviously, but I would be cheering for them because of the hometown people, and you want to, you want them to do well on home soil. And other lifters, yeah. other lifters who won't be Swedish will be cheering for you because you're the hometown kid, and they're like, but you want them to then, do well. She also comes from a country where they they back their athletes. Like you got what, that's another thing Gustav is saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you, what all do you get from Sweden? You, like what do they do? What do they do to help you as an athlete? Uh, a lot. Um, they help us with the. Um, 
the uh, we get the singlet, we get the um, travel, we get the oh, wow. hotels, we get the um, the fee. Whoa! So this yeah, is a bunch of stuff. The company so, car. So you uh, so you basically get to do it for free. Like you yeah, you're not out any yeah. money. Wow! Well, so, but then again, pay. Huge taxes for it. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> but I don't, Not I, to get political or anything. I don't know. We pay, we pay fees to, uh, we, oh, taxes is one thing, but obviously what we do is we pay fees to our members, uh, as members to, uh, so if you want to compete in Sweden, you have to be part of, of a club and you have to pay a fee to that club to get a, a license, etc. So we have a different systems, a different system. Ah, <laughs> so so what, does that, what does that fee cost? What's it on top of my head? So, gym, a club has like, I don't know, I guess it differs, would be like around $75 maybe, and then for the fee would be another $75, I think. I'm just guessing now, I don't have it on top of my head. Once a year. And then the government comes in, helps subsidize, and it's nice in Canada, we get nothing. Oh, we don't get shit, yeah. but, but I don't know, yeah. the U.S. just started giving some of the top athletes like 500 bucks on winning and stuff like that, but I don't know of any country that actually pays for flights, hotels. I think there is, uh, hmm, I wonder with like Russia and some of those same countries. I well, well, we've never really done too many interviews because your translation sucks. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll be using Google Translation. But, uh, yeah, I wonder, because uh, I know, actually... Does U.S. team not get free flights as well? I don't think so. I don't think so. I thought they did. Huh. And um, how do you feel about some of these rule changes? You were saying... Um, do you know some so, of these proposals that went through? Yeah. I don't know if there's anything super dramatic going well, on. Well, the Wilkes formula is gone, I believe. Um, right. Yeah. That's pretty big. I don't know what it will be replaced with, though, but... I know. Yeah, that's, See, that's that's, what the, that's the part that's still pending, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like the books for them being gone myself. I do, too. Because ho hopefully it puts me slightly closer to being on par with the bigger classes, <laughs> finally. I feel like it was skewed, uh, at least for the men's, because we had two different formulas, so I don't know about crunching the women's, but for the men's, it felt skewed. And another one, um, a couple of the other ones, no flags on the podium. Um, and I, yeah. if I'm not mistaken... The no flags on the podium. Um, you're allowed to. You're allowed to during certain points, but not during the medal ceremony. Do the same thing at the Olympics, just because they want to raise all the exact same flags, all the exact same whatever. Everyone looks over there, as opposed to, um, you know, I want to start like you have a two foot flag, you got an eight foot flag, and yeah. things look all weird and awkward. Just during the medal ceremony, then afterwards, we get it. Do whatever. Do whatever you want and take whatever pictures. Is there any other ones that make a huge difference? Um, I mean, everybody was all hot and bothered about the, the, the bench changes that were proposed, but those were turned down, which might I add were, I believe, proposed by Sweden. Yeah, those came out of Sweden. That was, that was, that was pretty great. <laughs> it wasn't so, me. I was going to say, so what the hell are you guys trying to do to poor Eddie Berglund? Who did he piss off? Yeah, Eddie yeah, Berglund, too. Yeah. Swedish star. He's probably... Guys. He's like, okay, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I wonder who he pissed off. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was I don't cool. know where that came from. It's just absurd. All <laughs> athletes have to wear shirts for deadlifts now. It's, it's whoever's in second place to Eddie is who proposed that. Yeah, I'm yeah. 100% sure yeah. that's coach, which is probably yeah. a, a lot of people yeah. Yeah. who are sick of losing Eddie Bergman. That's including so, other weight classes. It's yeah. just everybody. Um, um, 
I have a, I, since we were having some technical difficulties, we got a bit late, but I have a client call in like one minute. Yeah, no uh, worries. Yeah, we're, we're 15 <laughs> minutes anyway, so it's yeah. good. So listen. Sorry to have to break it no, up. No, no worries. I, I really enjoyed this conversation, no but worries. I don't want to keep her waiting. Yeah, no worries. Listen, thank you for coming on, uh, by all means, and uh, maybe we'll talk to you leading into the World Championships and we'll get your feedback leading into that uh, when we're approaching Sweden. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, thank Absolutely. you for coming. Thank you. Thanks, Isabel. Okay, guys. Have a Take good care. day. You too. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah, Sweden's World Championships. Um, I mean, there not only is like there are some nations when you show up, the actual nation is like the government itself, not the governing body for powerlifting. The actual government itself will throw in subsidies and say, "Here is a budget." Then on top of that, the actual federation can make money through people giving, you know, obviously signing up, etc. So some nations, when you show up, holy smokes, you're going to see it. Whereas other nations, it's not so much to meet directors or whatever, like I, I mean, some people say it will, but if we throw off, not to throw anybody on the bus, but some people will be like, look, it, I'm going to get no, no backing at all from the government. It'll be entirely from just myself. So if I can bring people in, I got that budget. Yeah. So you will see Sweden will have a kick-ass world championship. And Illegal's there. So Illegal is going to go all out. Yeah, Illegal's yeah, going to yeah, go ahead. No, no, Illegal's going to go all the fuck out on this. Like, there's no... And no, the government, and yeah. the money coming in from yeah, regulation. You're, it's going to be a dope. You're going to look... It's going to look Olympic. Yeah. Like, no, it, it, it truly will. And yeah. I, will be sh I will be shocked if it doesn't actually do better look than some of the Olympic. Because yeah. Illegal will put the money behind it. They have the... They have all the resources to make this happen. Right, yeah. one of the... Yeah, it's it's everything, and I mean, if they were able to put that much money into their athletes, yeah. fuck me. Like yeah. I could imagine what they're gonna do. This like it would be almost intimidating as an athlete walking into what you're about to see. Like, yeah, like you're gonna see like you're like these people fucking train in this. Yeah, like no wonder the fuck. Like you know when when they were talking about it and, and had uh, yeah when he was talking about that, Gustav, it, it was just I remember sitting there in awe listening to some of the shit he was saying. Like everything's brand new, everything nice gyms. Like they would have meetings. Fly the athletes in. Talk to the head coaching. Where are you at with your with your um, you know your peaking and your training? Who do you have? Do you have a nutritionist? How is your cutting going? And catch up ahead of time because this is how serious you are because they get government funding. Jesus Christ, we live in the same city, and I still can't get that sort of feedback from you. Hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> the, only feedback, you the, the only feedback I get from you is you look fat. You fat. You're you fat. Look, you know, fat. You know, you know. One thing that caught me is it's been about. I was trying to think back, and I think it's been about a year and a half since the last time we had her on here. The maturity, she is business now. Like, I mean, like, I remember the more bubbly girl that we talked to the first time and talking about how when she first got into it, she was a party girl. Like, you know, she started to go to the gym, and her first coach I was... I think when we first talked to her, she's even like, oh, I don't program, you know, I get someone else. There was, oh, I don't... Uh, well, she she, there, there, there she was, didn't have anyone doing her programming or training. There was no recently. no programming, no eating, like everything was whatever she wanted to do. But I remember her talking about her first coach was like an IFBB, like, you know, short or something. And she was in there and she was like, you know, two weeks in, the girl's like, yeah, I can't train you. You're squatting more than I am already. Like it was, you know... Well, the maturity, like the, the evolution of Isabella von Weisenberg has been quick. And, but... He, you're almost like she was throwing them in the fire. Three years in, she's breaking IPF world records. You got to, you better 
progress very, very quickly. But we've seen it before. Some people fall off. Some people, yeah. there's people out there that have been stars for a minute and left. Yeah. I mean, she's nowhere oh, yeah, they near. they get crushed by it. She's nowhere near leaving. I mean, like, yeah. it, sounds yeah, like yeah. it sounds like she's just beginning. I mean, she's young. She's got a long, like, she's got a long road ahead of her. She can, she can stay mm-hmm. in this, but um, just so many avenues have opened up. Like, the, the seminars, uh, I know, like, I seen it was a pretty big deal about her coming to uh, hybrid. You know, because, like, she is a big deal. She's a big deal in powerlifting. Like, there's there's some people out there that have a name. And it's, it's I don't think it's just her lifts. It's her, her fucking intensity. Like I was going to say, that's not her lifts. I think it's her intensity. That's, and her that's, 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 that's a girl training. who, like, chips a two squatting or something. You know, yeah, whatever it was. That's legendary, that story. Yeah. Like, Everyone loves saying that story. But how intense is she? She breaks her own teeth when she's deadlifting. Yeah, like, yeah. but seriously, though, I mean, how the fuck? Like, but, uh, yeah, she's not the girl you're approaching in a gym. Let's say that much. Yeah, not not unless no, you want a plate yeah. upside your head. But it, I mean, it, it's it's not just as a, a guy approaching. I don't think a child, a woman, a no, nine year old person. That's like, what I mean. Like you're just approaching someone who's at the gym. They're on a purpose. They're going to get through their thing. And her whole thing is, uh, it's not a different mindset. It's just she's so strict. Maybe not to the the the, the food, the diet, whatever else, all this stuff. But her training. When you hear it, is you you know right away why she is one of the best. Like well, her training, she deviates. Nothing. Yeah. She don't give a fuck who's in the gym. Like yeah. she don't care who she's with. Whatever you're doing, that's cool. Get your which, shit out of my Which actually way. goes against some people say they like training certain people because they will up their game. Where she's like, I, I, I don't care. Yeah, I'm not upping nor decreasing my game. My game is my game. Yeah, well, it's, some people, some people don't have that motivation to do it themselves. They need somebody to target. They need somebody to look at and be like, right away. Yeah. Or, or put it this way, it's not even necessarily like, um, let's just say you were a big fish in a small pond. You mentally become somewhat. What's the word I'm looking for? Complacent. Yep. Um. Like whereas when you train with guys a lot stronger, maybe it was maybe it was Richardson who said he started training with other guys and it was like, I got out my game. Well, that's why. Like, Randy, no, no, that's no, why Randy started training with no, us. Yeah. Not so much off schedule, but more like. Um, not like deviating off schedule in an immature way, but more like... His intensity. Yeah, I've got to approach this differently. I like, am not taking this seriously well, enough. It, it was Luke that brought it up, but it wasn't... He, like, because that's another person. His maturity for his age is fucking phenomenal. Like, when he goes in, and I mean, everything is like an RP fucking six to that guy. Like, yeah. even his, his nine... So he stays on point. His nine for nine days. Like, not even, like, not even just training, but his comps are, yeah. are... They're so smooth. Like, when you watch it, there's nothing about it. You're like... And you just... It's not that I want to see the wheels fall off, but man, I would love to see what his actual. Push. I'd like to see what makes him fail. What makes this guy stop? Like, well, he's already he's the youngest man to ever get a thousand kilo in the IPF, and I would love to which see which he built which he beat Lilybridge on. Yeah, that's no small feat. Yeah, like he beat the he beat Lilybridge's on. And Lilybridge, I don't know if he this must have been Lilybridge and if it was Lilybridge and Raps, then there's no sense even comparing. If it's Lily Bridge and Raps, deadlift bar, monolift, there's no sense even comparing if he beat him. He but beat him probably is. I don't, I don't remember ever seeing any footage of Lily Bridge ever doing it's anything easy. else. Yeah. Then, then it wasn't even, then, then that's like, not only did he beat him, he beat him by a long shot. Because yeah. that's not even, that's apples and oranges. A deadlift bar, knees wrapped or knees sleeves, monolift, that's a whole nother, my God, makes it even more impressive. The one yeah. thing, the one thing we are, like, I mean, it was kind of, Sucked that she left there or whatever. But the one thing I wanted to ask her about was uh, with Kimberly not in the 72 anymore, like I just... Well, she I, we asked her that before. Uh, I actually interviewed her for the IPF magazine, so we didn't ask her actually. Uh, for the IPF magazine, I asked her. And I think she said something to the effect of 
She wanted to go to 63 kilo regardless. Yeah. Uh, because she just feels like, yeah, like it's tempting. Look how close. When she almost hit it. I mean, if she if she hits it, she is a... She, she, it's, it's if incredible. she hits it and it she, she is even close to the strength she had going into that, she's going to set a total that people are going to shit their pants. Like, it's crazy. It's going to be one of the ones... It's, gonna, it's with, a, with a day and age where numbers are getting broken every day, if she came close to what she was hitting in the gym, she's going to set a total that people are not going to touch for a while. The one thing is, um, like, Sam Calhoun is just adding as well. Yeah. Like you see the difference between coming second to Jen, two months later, now you've beaten Jen. Look, I still got room to spare. Two months after that, how, like, she, and this is two months difference between, okay, it's one than two, two months later, now you're behind me. Two months after that, now you're even further, further behind me. And, like, so Sam Calhoun's... She's, um, she's coming and she's coming strong. Yeah, all, 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 all I'm yeah. saying is that her numbers coming in on on a day. Oh yeah, no. If listen, she 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 hits a super meet day, like she has like Brett Gibbs had or something like that. That's I'll, what I'll I want. It's it's not. There was a lot of talk coming into the eighty threes about Russell Orhe and, and and Brett Gibbs and and Russell was having the, the the training cycle of his thing and everything else was going on there. To me, it's the same kind of comparison because at the end of the day, and I take nothing away from any of those lifters. I just Brett's total was. It destroyed it. Well, like, yeah, it's Brett did something like, that was monumental. It was, but no I heard of it. It was monumental. Yeah. Nobody's done what Brett did. No one, like, Brett's never come close to that before. Yeah. Brett, like, that was he, amazing. He may never come close to it again. Yeah, it's true. Like, we, ne- we don't know if that's an aberration. I mean, or, I still oh think God. that it, that was just the first sign of him actually having that maturity to meet to finally put if everything he, together. If he does that for now on. And, I and think it builds on And I think you're going to see him build on it, personally. That, it is, it's, uh, yeah, Brett is but, like, he's always going to be world class, right? But it's something that he may never hit that. Like, it's just, it happens it's like we were sports. talking about. You have a fucking day to Well, it's like we were talking about Ren, and everyone's expecting him to come in and pull 800, and then mm-hmm. he's nowhere even close to what he hit last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just, never know. Sometimes like, shit like that happens. Days you can have up. a day where you're like, like when you're 65 and you look back. Like, I, I expect Ren's total to keep going up, because I think his other lists will keep going up. Yeah. But there is a day where sometimes you have the biggest whether insert squat bench dead day of your life and you may never go back to that one lift again as a whole you become a better lifter your total goes up whatever but you could be like i fucking had it well there's a, there's so many factors involved i mean the long flights the the training going into it the injuries there's there's so many things to have it i mean in this sport you i mean one good day tomorrow's a bad one like yeah. from strains and pains to whatever else it's just i think me personally i think it was the beginning of rap more than it was like i think his potential is unlimited on that. he's now just reaching it i think he's figured out a lot of things like we know from belarus he was sick uh oh belarus is a shit show and that was not that was not that's not 100 brett um people people say excuses excuses nah man i knew he he <laughs> there's a lot of there's, a, there's a lot of things he's figured out along the way that i think have just uh which is maturity yeah. You know, like, he's he's just getting better and better at what he's doing. And it, he, I mean, you don't, you can only tell so much off Instagram. But the thing to me was watching his training going into the last Worlds, he seems so much more relaxed. Like, just as a, as a person. Like, he wasn't as, not, well, that, his, even, not that his intensity wasn't he even there. He posted less going in the last That's what I'm saying. Like, like, it was just, just, there wasn't as much, it didn't seem like. The one he posted the most for, rivalry-wise, was with Hack. Yeah. And since then, and a lot of it is maturity in life. Not just as a lifter, which he has as well, I agree with you there, but in life. He settled down, got a girl, um, and they're more serious. Like, they were dating at the time for 2016. Now they're, like, far more serious. You're, like, he's, like, now posting more about spearfishing, spear spear skiing, doing. He's, like, I, I don't care as much about social media. It is what it is. And now, when it's like that, 
you kind of get into the Isabella von Weisberg to throw it well, back to her. And the zone of, I really don't give a shit what I'm going to do. Exactly. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. Work. If that's good enough, wicked. If it's not, yeah. whatever. Well, it's, it's, it's putting so much pressure on yourself that you stop enjoying it. And yeah. I think him enjoying life has just made it open for him to enjoy powerlifting. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's one of those things where you buy into, especially when everyone's talking about you. Like, you buy into, I've got to have this day or else. Yeah. It's um, like Isabella mentioned the fact that if she comes in second, it doesn't take anything away from her day. She yeah. had a great day. That's a good, and that's what yeah. I try to, that's what I try to tell myself as well as other people. Yeah. Whenever something happens. I remember Kathleen at Provincials, forget the year, it doesn't matter. And we're, we pulled, she had like PR days. And then for gold medal, the other girl pulled a national record and nobody in her weight class had ever pulled out the other national record. Yeah. One gold. And then we're telling Kathleen, you know what? We did our job. We, you got PRs across the board, and it's the best thing you could have. If this other girl pulled something nobody's ever pulled before to win it, then hats off to her. Nobody's ever done that before, and we pushed you as far as we could That's push anybody. That day, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was there yeah. for that day, and I that remember. Was 20, 2015. Yeah, and I, I remember her pushing her to the limit that she had to pull a national record to win. It wasn't just that's what I'm saying. It just it wasn't just she pulled the record. Like so, she had to pull it to win to get first place. I was I was there that day, and she had to pull a national record. (laughs) I'm like, it's this fucking guy listening to me. He just retold my story. Let me tell you the story about Kathleen. (laughs) And his stories. I remember uh, handling Kathleen that day. (laughs) I was in the back. I was in the back with her, and I gave this speech. You you don't want to say that. The only difference in his story and mine was he went to say he was there. (laughs) <laughs> that's the only difference he goes I was there that day <laughs> I remember I pulled that national record that's right. this is why I don't come with both of you <laughs> that's true but, uh, but listen let's cut this one we've got other uh, episodes to do uh, I hope you guys liked it um, we, we had a little technical difficulties early on uh, so we had to cut it a little short well an hour isn't exactly super fucking short is it still 60 minutes yep so from six pack lap it at Paul Marin's in underscore lifts underscore lifts and you're... Who cares? I'm the other guy. See you later, guys. Uh, <laughs> make sure you like this, share this the whole night. Thank you for listening. Until next time, we're out.